Deadbeat Scroll by Mark Coggins is slick, sardonic, and suspenseful. Everything a great thriller should be, says New York Times bestselling author Lee Child. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 26 Big Daddy Andreas led me to a dark SUV parked on Hyde Street next to a hair salon named Kwan's that must have moved into one of the building's ground floor storefronts after I left San Francisco, as I didn't recognize the business or the Asian woman sitting in the customer chair blowing smoke from a cigarette at the ceiling. If she was the least bit worried about a guy hurting another guy down the sidewalk with two loaded pistols in broad daylight, she didn't show it. The windows on the parked SUV were tinted, but I could make out Brendan's profile in the rear. Andreas stopped by the driver's side door and peered back at me. You got the keys to the car? I asked. He seemed surprised by the question. Yes, of course. Throw them in the gutter. What? You heard me. Throw them in the gutter and get in the front seat. And keep your hands on the wheel at ten and two where I can see them. Andreas let the keys drop by the front tire and popped the front door. I yanked the rear door wide open to draw a bead on a startled Brendan. Hiya, Pops. I kept a Luger aimed at an indeterminate point between both men, while Andreas got behind the wheel as instructed. I slid into the back seat and kept the door open a few inches so I could tumble out if circumstances warranted. After savoring the shocked expression on Brendan's face for a moment, I chucked Andreas's pistol well out of reach on the floor. Brendan laughed. Well, well, what is this? Nancy Pelosi took it off him with a dull butter knife, but I made her give it back. He laughed again. You may be, as some in the family have suggested, a few clowns short of a circus, but you still managed to entertain. Perhaps we underestimated you the tiniest bit. If that's your idea of buttering me up, it's not working. But answer me this. What's with the twenty-two caliber pistols? Why not something bigger and blunter? Yeah. Israeli's Mossad, the most effective intelligence agency in the world, uses suppressed 22s for assassinations. If they are good enough for Mossad, they are good enough for us. There's a difference between clipping an 80-year-old Nazi in his bed and shooting it out in the street. Possibly. The other reason is that we already had them to hand. One of our family activities is target shooting in our indoor range. Brendan settled back in the car's upholstery and brought both hands up to his ample belly as he regarded me. All that said, you must realize that we are past the point where guns have relevance. Then why did number one son pull a gat on me as soon as I walked through the door? Brendan shrugged. Guns were the language we were speaking until now. 
I'm sure Andreas thought it wise to re-establish communication in the old medium before switching to the new. Which is? Trade, commerce, the exchange of one thing of value in return for another. If you were to kill Andreas and me with that very fine example of the pistol parabellum, commonly known as the Luger in the United States, that would also be the end of Angelina Evangelista. If we were to kill you, we might not ever take possession of the Kerouac manuscript, although I am less certain of the latter than the former. We might still recover the manuscript without you. Don't bet on it. I'm not betting on it. That's why I'm here. I was eventually persuaded it would be more expedient to trade with you than continue along the course we were following. How do I know you have, Angelina? He smiled a prim smile with lips that were small and almost obscenely plump. Oh, we have her, and we are prepared to prove it. Who's we exactly? Just you and Andreas? Where did you leave her? There are other members of the family besides Andreas, me, and our prodigal son, Jeff. Female members, cisgendered females to be exact. Angelina is safe with them. I shook my head almost involuntarily. I was still having trouble with the idea of anyone wanting to be in a polyamorous family, particularly this polyamorous family. Brendan seemed to read my thoughts. There are many reasons people join. Some realize that success in the traditional sense hasn't brought the fulfillment they thought, and they go on a journey to find something more. The family is what they find. Others like the idea of being unconventional, of doing something supremely naughty. It can feel really good to do what others consider to be bad. Still others need a regimen or structure to their lives. Andreas is one of those. Did you know that he used to be a monk? I glanced at Andreas, who groaned, and said, Brendan, please. Relax. It's all part of building trust before our transaction, like dogs sniffing each other's behinds. Could you try a different metaphor, I said? There's no need to be prudish. I can assure you that members of the family have done a lot more than sniff my behind. In fact, we are all connected by my sperm. By more than my sperm, by my DNA. Did you know that the receiving partner in any sexual congress retains DNA from the donating partner in their brain tissue for life? A box truck belonging to a document shredding company rumbled by, shaking the SUV and possibly saving me from reaching over to slap the supercilious expression off Brendan's face. Sounds like junk science to me, but I'll bet you are one of those guys who donates to sperm banks just to see his progeny spread around the world. It's not junk science, I assure you. And yes, as it happens, I was a donor to the repository for germinal choice. The repository for germinal choice? The genius sperm bank. Of course. Sadly, now out of business. Since I've given you a good sniff up my backside, 
Perhaps you can return the favor. What in the world possessed your friend Duckworth to make a copy of the Kerouac scroll? I've no idea. Apparently, he didn't trust you. I jabbed the Luger forward in a threatening manner. A better question is why you killed him. I didn't. He was alive when I left the club. I don't believe it. Believe what you like. We were conducting a good-faith negotiation. I had no reason to kill him. Next, you're going to tell me that you didn't kill the club Mama-san or her employee. He gave me an oily grin. Yes, I freely admit to killing them. And that should tell you something. Why would I lie about one and not the other? Because the other was a close friend of mine. Well, there's that. I understand you two used to work as a team. It strikes me that it was a mistake to split up. You both lost something vital when you dissolved the partnership. He, the ability to protect himself, and you, the ability to negotiate life's more serpentine labyrinths. Fuck you. You forget. I am the fucker, not the fucky. I growled. I was with an inch of emptying the whole eight-shot magazine of the Luger into him. The only thing that stopped me is he seemed to want me to shoot him. I forced a deep breath into my lungs. You said you were negotiating with Chris. For the scroll? Yes, just like you and I are. The terms were different, of course. Had you agreed on a price? No. I was proposing that he accept a ground floor interest in an ICO. An ICO. The moment the words left my lips, I regretted it. I just handed Big Brain another opportunity to show off. Initial coin offering. A cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. You know, making use of blockchain technology. The family is issuing one. We call it the Family Affiliation Token, or FAT for short. Let me guess. Chris wasn't interested in being paid in any of your FAT coin. No, and it was his loss, believe me. But he had a much bigger loss, didn't he? Just what makes this scroll so valuable to you people? I get that a previously unknown manuscript from Kerouac is worth some money, maybe even a large sum of money, but it's not worth the suffering and death you've caused. I count five people murdered, and it wouldn't surprise me if there were more. No, five is correct, said Brendan, as if we were discussing a ball score. But as I said, I am not personally responsible for all of them. You didn't answer the question. Why is the scroll so valuable? It's true that a previously unknown manuscript from Kerouac's typewriter is worth millions. But it's not the medium we care about. It's the message. And the message is nothing less than revolutionary. The Beats were pioneers in polyamorism. Did you know that Dr. Alfred C. Kinsey interviewed most of them for his six-year study, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male? These conversations were key to helping Kinsey understand that sexual orientation is not exclusively hetero or homosexual in most people. The Beats also preferred communal living, 
Many of them also resided in the so-called Beat Hotel in Paris, where William S. Burroughs completed the text for his masterwork, Naked Lunch. This new scroll of Kerouac's is even greater than that book. It combines and synthesizes all the experience and thinking about polyamorism and communal living into a prescription for life. It is to us what the Ten Commandments are to Jews and Christians. A bunch of perverts living together didn't seem particularly new or revolutionary to me. But I didn't say that. What I said was, how do you know? What? How do you know that's what the beehive is about? If it's a previously unknown manuscript, how do you know what's in it? Brendan patted his fat egg of a belly and shook his head, as if I were a slow learner. I shouldn't have to remind you that I have seen a fragment of it in that elaborate copy your friend made. Yeah, but you were after it even before you saw it. He let out an exasperated sigh. Its existence is well known among the beat cognoscente. For example, there's a clear reference to it in a letter from Kerouac to Neil Cassidy. The family and I have been on a quest to recover it for years, and now we are on the cusp of doing so at last. He leaned forward. But I want no further tricks from you. How can I be sure you actually have the complete manuscript? You can read it when we meet for the exchange. Don't worry. The ending is every bit as socko as the opening. Your sarcasm is tedious and small-minded. How can I be sure that you have it before we go to the bother and risk of meeting? I don't know. How do you want to be reassured? Text me pictures of the typescript. Clear pictures. Okay, but I'm not going to photograph the whole scroll. I'll send you a sampling. That is acceptable but make sure the samples include the text immediately after the portion we've seen and the ending. And I want to see the scroll from the side to get a sense of its length. Fine. Now how about from my end? You said you were prepared to prove you have Angelina. <laughs> Indeed we are. He chuckled merrily. I don't know if it was a prearranged signal, or if they had communicated by some nonverbal means. But Andreas wheeled suddenly and brought a large-caliber revolver to bear at an uncomfortable spot between my eyes. "'I hope you approve of our car gun,' said Brendan. "'A Smith & Wesson forty-four Magnum. It packs quite a wallop.' I tightened my grip on the Luger and licked my lips. They tasted dry and salty." Now we were in a standoff. If I shot Brendan, Andreas would shoot me. I thought we were past the point where guns have relevance. We are. We definitely are, said Brendan. I just wanted to be sure you respected that while we showed you our proof. With your permission, I'll retrieve my cell phone from the seat pocket in front of me. I nodded a horrible feeling of dread pressing down on me. Brendan took out a phone, hit the power button, and turned the screen so I could see it. Here you go. 
a nice picture of Angelina holding today's San Francisco Chronicle while she sucks my cock. You have been listening to The Deadbeat Scroll, a book the New York Journal of Books described as a glorious potpourri of violence, black humor, sex, and a hunt for a lost manuscript. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. <laughs>